0: Thank you for joining the Modern SaaS Finance Academy. These courses were curated to guide you on building your competency and craft as a finance professional in the software, SaaS, and subscription industries. Enjoy this session. Going IPO is about two things, be predictable and be accurate. Sounds simple, right? (laughs) Sounds simple. This is where the hard work comes in, but this is what you gotta do. And joining me, you know, you go through life and you meet some people and you just know they're going someplace in life. Mike Lister is going someplace in life. He's just a great partner in the business partnership that we have. And I hope you see the goodness and insights and expertise that he has, that I've seen as we prepared for this presentation. Mike, but do you wanna tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do for PwC? Hey,
1: David, thank you so much for that introduction. I really appreciate that. Uh, folks, my name's Mike Lister. Uh, I lead a business within PwC called Insights Officer. We are the back office and outsourced accounting arm for the SMB market uh, here at PwC. Prior to that, I spent a a lot of years doing audit work uh, for scaling private companies uh, as well as public companies. So I have a very unique perspective uh, for doing that work for folks now and also auditing that work uh, in the past. Uh, So excited to be with you today, really appreciative of your time uh, and your attention.
0: And Mike generally works from home but the kids are home from school today. So he's in the office. So everybody I'm sure can appreciate. (laughs) You know, David,
1: I was just saying, uh, it was quite a fire (laughs) drill getting in here today. Uh, I'm very out of practice for the commute, getting into the office, losing badges. Uh, Toddlers like to misplace
0: things I found. We're in an in-between world. It's great to have you. And so everybody back to having a predictable forecast and accurate financials, seven things to do. Be predictable. Close the books quickly. Prepare for deeper scrutiny and prepare early. Address risks with controls. Build the right team. Understand your timeline and be ready for tax. These are if you can just plan for these things and be ahead of uh, the curve and your, what you're doing, you put yourself in a big position because this is the big leagues. You have to, like, I, we got this laid out here confidently engage, know your business, don't slip up. Mike, you want to take everybody a little bit deeper?
1: Yeah, you know, David, I think it's really important here to keep in mind, like you mentioned, this is the big leagues. This is serious. You guys are putting yourselves out there in the public markets where you're getting a lot of scrutiny um, and a lot of attention on your business from a lot of eyeballs that may not have seen in the past. Um, It's really important to have a consistent story that's backed up with numbers. Uh, You're going to have to sell yourself to folks, but at the end of the day, the numbers have to back it up. Folks are expecting you to be able to forecast and deliver results within pennies per share they expect this they build their models on this stuff and if you miss it can have serious impacts to the value of your business um, and your shareholders
0: so we put a little bit of detail when i build slides and like how much would i want to put in writing versus us talking but i wanted to lay out some details uh and so this will be in the follow-up blog that we do afterwards but Begin with the end of mind on designing the process to be able to be reliable. And then know where your value comes from. We talked about value metrics and the usage billing before, but where is your competitive advantage? And that as an executive team, it must all tell the same story. So because if you make a misstep, uh, uh, there's a a firm out there in the uh, AI space that missed by just a few pennies um, last month and had 40% of market capitalization just wiped out. And so this is critical to get going. So get your mindset locked in, realize what you're doing, this is the big leagues. So then number two, plan your close scenarios. Our session after this one is going even deeper on this. So Mike and I are just gonna lightly touch on this, but Mike, you wanna just talk about planning your close and set up the next session, session seven?
1: Yeah, David, thanks. I think it's really important to think through how you're gonna close the books. And I always think about it from what the markets want, right? The markets want to know the information. They wanna have accurate uh, forecasts and then ultimately accurate numbers that they can make decisions based on. When you're thinking about your close, you have to think about, okay, what could happen? What do I need in place to mitigate those risks? Um, Think through that. And then ultimately when you're going through um, at month end, got to have the people and processes in place to get things done very very quickly uh, i saw in my public and private clients my public clients could close the books within five business days of month end oftentimes calendar days when they worked over the weekends my private companies spent anywhere from two to four weeks and, and sometimes even longer um, because they didn't have uh, the right planning in place the right people in place the right technology in place you really have to invest in this to make sure you get to a place uh, where you can do this reliably, consistently, month after month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, uh, to meet your investors' expectations.
0: And this builds on session three about the ideal tech stack where reconciliations have happened are happening because it's in your handoffs is where uncertainties come from that you need to plan and be together, working together as a team in order to be able to have all those pieces pulled together. So number three, prepare for deeper scrutiny. As much scrutiny as you've had doing fundraising, woof, get ready for public markets and then the IPO process itself. Again, we put a lot on this slide by design for you to be able to refer back to and if you wanna watch it and send out the slides afterwards, to give you some structure. But Mike, do you wanna take everybody a little bit of preparation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When when you think about uh, the change between being a private company to a public company, uh, coming from an audit perspective and, and, and seeing folks go through this, uh, there was quite a change in in what the market expects from a business and their processes and based on what you probably have right now. Um, there is a huge emphasis on not just the business risks and the controls that you have in those types of places, but also the financial reporting risks, right? You guys have to report your results to your investors uh, quarterly and then annually and so you need to have processes in place uh, to address that Uh, you know i saw a lot of folks focus on things like um, three-way matches in the ap process and making sure that the right person approved the right invoice and that's all well and good and it's absolutely necessary to run your business well it's it's critical to making sure uh, your business is running well and the results are accurate when you go public There's that extra layer of scrutiny, especially around the financial reporting. Um, You know, you think about revenue in 606. This is a a adopted standard that you have to comply with um, that many folks don't think about. There's not a ton of operational risks associated with 606, but it's incredibly risky from a accounting perspective. And uh, I'm sure folks uh, elsewhere in PWC love that because it means folks need help, right? So your financial processes have to be really dialed in, you have to have the controls in place to make sure uh, that those those processes are operating correctly and giving the results accurately, um, whether they be good or bad, Um, and you got to have the people, the competent people there uh, to operate those things. All this is obviously greatly enhanced um, and made a lot easier when you have a good system in place, right? (laughs) That's <laughs> See David pumping his fist there.
0: Yeah, it, like Sage intech <laughs>
1: uh, I didn't say it, David, but you know, uh, Sage is a, a great, uh, great partner of ours. Um,
0: hey, yeah, that's exactly that's right. Let's let stay within compliance. That's, that's, that's I take that. So yeah, we love compliance. <laughs> I think just everybody and the reason we did this session later because you know we went deep with tony for those of you listening to session four on revenue recognition and how you capture implicit and explicit performance obligations but it's all critical and then our point we're making a little bit later point six is all about staffing and the people that you've got because everything you do before the proof then you have to do after with predictability let's move on to our fourth point which is building robust internal controls. This is a great strength of yours. This is a great strength of PwC's. Wow, uh, let's tell me when you want me to build and we can get started on the slide.
1: Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and build out the first one here, David. Uh, so it's really important. And we talked about this uh, from a business operations risk and, and also from from what flows through the bottom line. Your shareholders are relying on your business to be good stewards of their funds. At the end of the day, you they've invested in your business um, and US management have a responsibility to, uh, to be good stewards. So it's important to have good workflows. We talked about the AP workflow. We see it a lot in the AR side as well, uh, sales orders and, and things like that. Um, it especially comes into play around judgment, right? Uh, you gotta make sure that uh, journal entries and things like that where management's taking uh, a position uh, that somebody else is putting a second set of eyes on those, right? It's really, really critical um, to your operations, to be able to hit those tighter closed windows, build out that predictability, um, to have good, strong workflows, right? I think it's there's a lot of businesses out there that do this manually, and they literally shuffle shuffle papers from desk to desk and get physical sign offs on all these different things. That's crazy in today's world. Um, it's really important to build out some workflows that make sense for your business from an efficiency perspective, but obviously at the end of the day, you got to meet the requirements uh, to get the approvals that you need. Um, customizing workflows for you is, is cr- incredibly important. One of the things that your auditors, uh, a lot of you are probably audited already. Um, if you're not, uh, the public audit is, is a whole nother level, speaking from someone who's <laughs> done both. Um, on the control side, it, it it's like a night and day difference. Um, uh, in, in Anybody
0: wanna comment well, that in the chat, by the way? Those to hear some feedback Chat around sure that. Sorry, sorry, some, sorry,
1: Mike. Yeah, I'm sure you have some horror stories uh, there in, in your world. Um, I could probably tell you some of my own, but we might have to have a couple drinks drinks um, before you get those out of me. Um, it's really important to have audit trails, right? At the end of the day, uh, your auditors and accounting firms are going to want to see who did what, and it's got to be reliable. Um, if there's any question about who did what, did somebody actually sign off on something? Was it the right person? Uh, you're going to get flagged and that can ultimately uh, impact the opinion and and audit opinions. Uh, you don't want negative audit opinions when you're going public.
0: So let's jump into what we got to do with 302 and 404. There's a lot here uh, that build onto this. Again, we built the slide and there'll be all the detail in the the blog that comes out following up on this whole thing, but there's a number of key aspects for 302, which is the corporate responsibility for, then 404, the management assessment you need to get into. And this is a particular specialty of you and PwC. Would you go a little deeper on this? Both these, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sox Section 302 is really important. It's a big step up from private to public because this is actually. Criminal liability potentially, obviously, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Where uh, the CFO and the CEO certify that the financial statements are accurate. Um, so, if I was a CFO, CEO of a business going public, I would want to make sure that I had uh, the right things in place to understand that all the critical business operations that are flowing through to my financial statements um, are accurate. I'm literally signing my name on those reports, saying they're they're accurate, they're true, they're materially correct. Um, so, things like uh, robust reporting, dashboards to understand the process of things, making sure that, um, especially in the SaaS industry, David, where you specialize, uh, that the billing schedules for when you recognize revenue according to 606, um, that they make sense, that they actually reflect what happens in the business. Um, it's not just done in a vacuum. It ties right into revenue recognition there, obviously. Um I want to make sure they have really good controls over journal entries I mentioned earlier. Whenever management gets involved and takes a position, typically you see that in journal entries um, they make a judgment. It's important to understand who's reviewing those, who's preparing them, making sure again that that second set of eyes um, is on uh, those things. And it's always really important to make sure uh, that the right folks have access uh, to these things. This is really critical when you uh, go to. to to assess the IT controls of a business is making sure that the right folks have access. Nobody can get in there and do the wrong things, Um, especially uh, in a software like Sage Intact, uh, where you do have external softwares that are able to plug in and really drive value for your business. Um, Knowing where that information comes from, that it wasn't an external actor is really important. Um, Me putting my CFO hat on would want to know those types of things.
0: Yeah so if for those of you haven't gone through it this is what to prepare for for those of you who have a reminder on sharpening the saw let's move over to 404.
1: yeah absolutely thanks david Uh, so section 404 we talked about 302 right this is management signing off and saying that yep these financial statements are accurate the next component is SOX 404 and this is where management actually has to do an assessment of their internal controls Um, a lot of the private companies i worked with had a very uh, they did have an internal audit department. It was not extremely built out. Uh, however, when you take that next step up and, and you decide to go public, you need to have a function that is tasked with reporting to management and the board of directors that our control environment, again, only focused on delivering those accurate financial uh, metrics those financial statements, are working appropriately. Um. so you need to build out things like checklists and audit trails and all these things that we just talked about but you need to have tools uh that allow management to then review those things make sure they're operating effectively and, and track all that um, so I, I think it's really important
0: um, to do so i'm happy to go deeper on that but it's uh and then as mike's alluded to several times role-based access controlled through the system and then system-based security and access controlled through the system. This is what people want to see. This is building on what we talked about with in the third our third session on the tech stack. As you as you go through those levels of maturation, these are the the scrutiny to have predictable forecasts and accurate financials, and then the controls to back it all up are what's critical. What's coming on this one? Let's move over to point five on the change in the finance team before and after the uh, IPO. Back on that process maturity curve, there's different size teams of how much percent of, you know, uh, of total revenues you're going to spend on G and A and headcount processes that you got. But here's a a typical, um, let's call this a series C firm. And then look how it grows as you get into uh, preparing for pre and post IPO in order to have all these controls and automation and preparing for the scrutiny Mike, what have you seen on your end as people go from this transition from here?
1: here? Yeah, David, that's a great question, and I think I, I saw two things. Uh, one, the public clients that I served had much bigger teams. Uh, they identified the importance of the finance function in order to meet their the needs to deliver information to shareholders. And so they naturally uh, increase some in headcount in these areas. Uh, a new one here that you see is, is SOX, Sarbanes Oxley compliance. Um, there was multiple people at my public clients that focused only on SOX issues. A, a lot of times this turned into a, a really built out internal audit function, right? Um, the fp function was much more robust at the public clients that I serve compared to the private clients. They were doing forecasts um, almost monthly, Uh, understanding the the timely close and like the actual results um understanding business factors that were impacting their forecasts and revising those as necessary and if it rose to the level of needing to communicate with investors they would do so the next piece in finance and ops here uh there's two bubbles here which i think is really important um because well functioning public clients have finance and accounting mindset in all aspects of their business Um, It wasn't just a very siloed accounting function that you may have in your business currently. And that's that's great. A lot of my private clients were that way. But as you build it out and your business grows and you get money and you start investing in all these different areas, it's important to have folks that understand the accounting and the finance impact throughout the different organizations um, within the business. So I think that's really key. So scale of the accounting and finance function was one thing. The next thing I'll say is making sure that you hire the right people, Um, which which I know is really tough in today's market, David. I I can't tell you how many clients I speak with that say, man, we cannot hire the right person. We can't find them. We don't have the budget for them, whatever it may be. We we can't retain them once we get them in. Um, But finding that right fit of really skilled, competent people is critically important. You can have the best system set up in the world and the best processes, but if you can't find the right folks to actually operate and do those things, click the buttons, and, and make those judgments, uh, you're gonna get a really, really bad output. Um, and high-functioning firms were able to find that talent and then retain that talent. Um, and if they couldn't, they were able to find the experts that they needed to bring in to supplement, um, whether it's a firm like PWC or, or whether it's another firm, um, they were able to identify those folks and, and bring them in to help their team out.
0: Mm. So much to be think, you know thoughtful here because again the day builds on itself to kind of lead through uh, how do you tell your story through investors right and then how do you hire and get started in the job how do you build your tech stack how do you do rev rec how do you do uh, usage billing because all that infrastructure will put you in the place to have the confidence and then the team and the clarity of what success looks like in order to put this in let's move into Slide six. Again, a lot on here, but as you plan your timeline, because we just talked about what it is you have to do now, like the make the plan. And by the way, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. One of my favorite quotes from when Winston Churchill is a plans are useless. Planning is everything. So this is your planning. You wanna this is another great competency that PWC has on helping people plan and doing a lot of this great work to, to be wise counsel, but you want to walk everybody through it
1: yeah david this is absolutely an area that pwc excels in and and i think it's it's important to note um your point no no plan does survive that first contact with the enemy but it's important to keep in mind right of all the things that you have to accomplish all the folks that you have to get aligned um in the timing of those things um, this is one of the most if not the most important decision that your business can make going forward right is is going public Um, so it's important to understand how long it's going to take to get there Um, you see quite a bit of time Uh, involved in getting the financial statements and due diligence put together. um, Getting those audited. Again, this is going to be at that next level um, as from an auditor. When you think about IPO, you're auditing your different materiality thresholds and things like that. It can take a little while. Um, Then you're going to go for your SEC comments, right? Um, You're going to have a couple rounds of those kind of back and forth on your S1, kind of all that fun stuff. Um, And once you kind of get that blessing there, you're going to go out on your roadshow. You're going to pitch. You're going to get what you need. And then. Ideally, uh, at the end of uh, according to this timeline, it's, again it's an estimate of six months. You're going to be able to go uh, go public, raise a bunch of capital, and go grow the business, um, and go out and serve serve your customers, and ultimately your investors as well.
0: Yeah, and a whole lot of milestones underneath that in order to yeah. be able to manage yourself against. So,
1: absolutely, it's it's real important <coughs> to have a good project manager here, David, that can keep everything <laughs> aligned because. You can see on this this slide is crazy busy. There's so much happening in the organization. It's not just in finance and accounting, it's throughout the organization, keeping everybody aligned, telling that story, delivering those those numbers accurately, um, and driving the business forward in in the meantime, and actually serving your customers is is really important. Uh, So good project manager is critical here.
0: Back to hiring. Then our last point, tax because as you go public, things are a lot more visible, and often you're gone international, so there's a lot of tax work that needs to go here. You want to try to summarize this into a point?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So definitely don't come to me for taxes. Uh, I'm an auditor by trade, so I'll just be very clear there, Uh, but there is some stuff that you should think about. Uh, When you go in public, uh, for the current owners of the business, think about tax structuring. There's some tax advantaged ways uh, that you can structure your IPO. Uh, Certainly advisors like PwC can help um advice on some of those things uh the wood depending on what you choose you can carry over some uh nols uh, but they also can be excluded depending on some of your structures there um state and local compliance is really important if you don't have a team built out to think about that uh in detail as you spread across and grow into more jurisdictions um you need to plan for that uh, and then obviously kind of in line with the socks discussion we had earlier Tax is a whole other section where you need to have very uh, in depth processes and controls, well documented and assessed. Um, it's something that you can't take lightly uh, when you're dealing with taxes and, and regulations. Uh, you just need to keep it in the back of your mind for sure. Uh, I, excuse yeah. me, I will say at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going yeah. through this process.
0: <laughs> Good Can't take back burner, but true. it should.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: So, and I wanted to make a couple points as you know you've been on these. These are really about you and some thought leadership, but this is really an important point for me to make, that we can help you go be IPO ready with a world-class GL, tying in the latest AI technology for continuous close. You can take the close down to five days, four days, three days. Everything you need to do with how the whole order-to-work cash workflow unfolds procure to pay to, in that close with all the dimensions you can be reporting and have everything there to do your predictable forecasting for the fp team. The pieces you need for foreign exchange, currency and tax, the two, handling consolidations where so many of our stories as folks went from days down to seconds on their consolidations to have that part done and everything we talked about with 302 and 404 for SOX for you to be SOX compliant. As I was preparing this presentation, I found at least 29 different IPOs that happened on us last year. And I took some time as I was building this deck. 67 Over $67 billion, $67.486 billion in market capitalization of IPOs on us last year. So we have put a lot of time into the product and then our ecosystem with wonderful partners like PwC in order to support you in doing that. And uh, Mike, PwC's got some great competency here, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have a whole teams dedicated to helping private companies go public. Uh, Our Capital Markets Advisory Services Group um, can help you develop a strategy to go public, Um, think through tax structures, uh, design and implement SOX compliant controls, all kinds of number of things. Um, My business within PwC also, again, helps supplement when you're trying to find really good people. Uh, My team can help there as well. Um, PwC's done this. I'm not even going to estimate the number of companies. I I couldn't even begin to put a number on it, David. I'm sure some of the higher-ups do have that information, but we help a lot of companies uh, during during this process, um, and then once they reach that next stage as well.
0: It's an excellent partnership that we have where both of us bring our strengths together so you can do this, so that you can have predictable forecast and accurate financials. So there's these seven actions we wanted you to learn today. Be predictable, close the books quickly, prepare for deeper scrutiny, address risk growth controls, building the right team, understanding your timeline, and being ready for tax. So kind of get your mindset about what it is you need to do and how the day flows through this. And again, our, our last session after this one is going much deeper, some very practical hands-on work from some of your peers, what they've done in order to cut the close to have even more predictable forecasts, taking the forecast variance down quite a bit because IPO is really about two things, predictability and accuracy. Mike, as we're wrapping up, any final thoughts? No,
1: David, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with these fine folks. It's uh, it's great to see the comments down there and, and hear about what's going on in your world. Really, really excited for the decisions you're thinking about taking um, and leveling up your business uh, into the public sphere. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So, David, thank you and Best of luck to all of you guys. It's a lot of hard work and effort that goes into this. Um, we're rooting you on. We're cheering for you. Um, can't wait to see what you guys do.
0: And as I share at the end of each of these, today's a one-time event. Don't make it just a one-time event. Join the community. Fit.ly slash modern SaaS finance. Join that Slack community. Be a part of it. Have an ongoing dialogue with your peers in order to learn and support each other and get to that next place. And then We've got a great podcast that does follow up and go in deeper in many of these topics. So just search on Spotify for the Modern SaaS Finance. Mike said it really well. We're beside you. We support you. We're rooting you on as you have to go through this. Thank you for spending the time with us today. Mike, thank you for everything, both in the partnership and then and spending your time to build a great deck and message to share with everybody.